0: Hello there, space fans, and welcome to another edition of Last Week in Space, the Supercluster podcast that brings you all the biggest updates from the world of space exploration. Today, I'm here with Chris, who is down in Florida, and I am in Washington, D.C. We are still in isolation, as everyone knows, but we keep tracking some of these missions that are coming up. There's been some updates on what's happening at Cape Canaveral regarding some of the companies trying to operate down there. There's been some updates across NASA and what facilities are closing and, you know, mandatory telework. And there's just been some, you know, random scattering of news on top of all this coronavirus news, which is obviously dominating everything. (laughs) So we're going to press on. We do have some coronavirus-related news and we do have some space news. And, you know, over in the next few weeks, Chris and I are going to try to find a balance between doing both because we have to continue doing our job and and also not ignore the situation. So we're going to try to find a balance. And Chris, I'll throw it over to you because we we do have a launch coming up this week, an Atlas V launch, and I'll let you get into the details. John Krauss will be shooting that launch for Supercluster. We're obviously excited to cover it. We acknowledge the world around us, but we think that our audience and everyone is looking for some sort of distraction. And Chris, I'll throw it over to you with this mission laid out for
1: us. Yeah, so this is a an interesting one. It's called the Advanced Extremely High Frequency 6 Satellite. As the name implies, it is the sixth in the series. Actually, the sixth and final one in, in the new right. series to be launched for the U.S. military. It's, it's a satellite that really helps with encrypted and fast-paced military communications around the world. So it was one of those ones that likely would have been deemed mission critical for national security by the U.S. government and would have been allowed to launch if things got worse at the Kennedy Space Center and Cape Canaveral Air Force Station, which they both have but not officially based on their alert structures at the time that we are recording this, which is Monday afternoon, just after 2 p.m. So this is one of those missions that would have been declared national security related and allowed to launch, but launch operations really haven't been affected all that much for it because the Cape and Kennedy are still largely open for business. And we'll get to more of that in in a second. But so this is one that hasn't really been affected by it. It is scheduled to launch on... Thursday mm-hmm. on an Atlas V rocket from Space Launch Complex 41. This is the second most powerful configuration that the Atlas V can fly in with four strap-on solid rocket boosters. So it will definitely be something to watch safely from your computer screens <laughs> as people right. live stream it and bring it to you. Please do not rush to beaches and rush to Titusville to watch it. Do not at and all. Are, right. Yeah, r- restaurants right. and everything are closed. This is not mm-hmm. a... Let's go outside on our coronavirus self-isolation and self-quarantining thing and group together to watch. Please watch it online. Support ULA in this. It's a very important mission for them and for the Atlas, and that is uh, slated to launch right now at the time of recording, Thursday, March 22nd, and the launch window opens at 2.57 p.m. and extends for two hours.
0: Now, let me cut in here real quick, Chris, and let our listeners and our readers know, That Supercluster actually dropped our launch tracker app in the App Store and Google Play Store. So if you want to go ahead and, you know, obviously it's beta I mean, we're working to improve it. But it's an easy way to track these launches. It's visually beautiful. And the launch live streams will pop up automatically if you want them to. And they are the easiest way to view those live streams right now. So go ahead and, you know, download our app send us some feedback let us know what you think what improvements should be made let us know if it's helpful and you know and if not continue using our launch tracker on supercluster.com but yeah support ULA this week and you know I know there's a lot of children at home there's a lot of students at home with their families and you know what better way to get them feeling hopeful about the future than watching a rocket launch live stream, in my opinion. And giving
1: some hope and, and something else yes, exactly. to, to watch right. in these times. Rocket launches are right. cool. This one comes to you at a great time of the day, <laughs> right. not right. 3 a.m. Uh- <laughs> yes.
0: It's going to be a fun one to watch. That's why Supercluster decided to actually cover this launch and and work with John Krause to go out there. Eric Kuna will be picking up Starlink 7 and 8, which from what I understand is still on the schedule coming up soon the missions that are leading up to Commercial Crew, which we are hoping will still happen. And I, Chris, I don't know where what you're thinking on this and in, in terms of the commercial crew world, before we even get to Dragon, there's been some news today with Boeing shutting down their facilities. actually just an hour before we hopped on this call, they announced that they're shutting down their main headquarters, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. So this is one of those interesting things as as we see how large companies are handling this. But yeah, Boeing announced just before we came on air to record this, that they were going to shut down their production at the facilities that they have in the Seattle area for two weeks. Washington and Washington State and the Seattle area are one of the the hardest hit areas of the United States. Right. Certainly not as hard hit as New York, which I believe as of recording had about twenty thousand confirmed cases.
0: Yeah, it's it's, and I want to you know send a special message. We have a lot of. I mean, Supercluster headquarters is based in New York City. I am not there. I stopped in Washington, D.C. and I stayed put here. But I do miss home. I miss my hometown. And obviously, Supercluster's offices are closed and our partners at A24 and Grand Army are, I think they're all working remotely. But just a message out to everyone on a personal level, my uncle and my aunt are both sick with the virus. And we're, you know, working through it. But, just a shout out to all of our New Yorkers and everyone across the country and the world who is listening right now. We hope you're staying safe and we hope you're staying inside. And, you know, if any of our listeners are, you know, feeling like they need, they want to reach out to someone, Robin at SuperCluster.com. Reach out to me. Reach out to me and Chris on Twitter. If you're a space fan and you want to just talk about something on Twitter, just reach out to us. You know, I know a lot of people are isolated and not many of us have significant others or friends that we're staying with. So just, you know, we're here. We're on Twitter. We're on social media. Supercluster is here for its listeners and its fans. So feel free to reach out to us. I've also put a call out on Twitter for freelancers, science space writers, even seasoned journalists who want to try space out. Pitch us stories. We want to continue running a Supercluster. We want to continue telling inspiring stories. So please reach out. And that's you know what I wanted to say. And Chris, going back to what you're saying, these locations—Seattle and Florida and everywhere else—it's affecting the space industry. And Boeing has had to shut down today.
1: Yeah, let's sort of take this through. And and I mean, this loops very well into what we wanted to cover with the Kennedy Space Center and SpaceX and their effect and and how they are being affected by this right now. The Boeing plant shutdown is right now only at their Seattle area Mm -hmm. plants and factories specifically in the Puget Sound region of of Washington State, which is in a state of emergency. Several Boeing employees have tested positive for COVID-19, which is the disease caused by this particular strain of the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. But I mean, to kind of hit home, you know, the aviation industry, and we'll get to the aerospace industry in a minute, has been hit really hard. There were reports out just before we came on air that General Electric will lay off 10% of its workforce or 2,600 people in its jet engine manufacturing area Mm -hmm. and furlough engine maintenance and overhaul employees for 90 days because of the drop in, in demand, you know, Mm -hmm. as, as, as we shut down to protect ourselves as, as a species, you know, the the economic impact really won't be known for a long time, but you know, the, the U.S. government, I know governments all around the world are trying to figure out what to do with stimulus packages and aid packages. And how do you help people? How do you help businesses? What businesses do you help? You know, it's it's a situation decides, that we really you know, haven't faced before. Right. And, you know, to that, as, as you sort of expand outward from Boeing, you know, the Kennedy Space Center, where one of Boeing's manufacturing plants for the Starliner spacecraft is located is as of recording at 2.15 p.m. on Monday, the 23rd, is at stage three out of four for its preparedness for the Coronavirus, which is highly recommended, work from home and telework. But the reason we're going to talk about Kennedy right now is because that might be changing very soon. Over right. the weekend and this morning, we had the first confirmed case of a KSC contract worker who tested positive for COVID nineteen. It was the the exact extent was not known, although a NASA statement did say that this particular worker was working from home for the prior ten days, but that they were. Coordinating to see who who might have come into contact with him, or who he might have come into contact with. Right. Uh, since then, you know there there's some interesting things because uh, about this, and and again, it's it's a little hard to say with definitiveness because we don't know the extent of it yet. But you know, previous single case confirmations of someone having COVID nineteen at every other NASA center has led to an immediate stage four declaration at that center, which is no work occurs except for the preservation of hardware and human life. Basically Mm -hmm. the centers, all the centers go to what the Kennedy Space Center has to deal with out of the most of the NASA centers, which is how they prepare for hurricanes, which is all work stops except for that that is needed to protect the critical flight hardware and protect human lives at the space center. What is interesting about this one is that after this was confirmed and more than 24 hours now after it was confirmed, because according to Kennedy, an email went out to employees yesterday afternoon, KSC has not followed what every other center has followed with this. So we will have to see how that exactly plays out. It's a little surprising, frankly, that every other NASA center does this except for Kennedy.
0: I have to agree with you there. It's really odd. And the way we all found out about this, I got word from a contractor who was sent home and each of us were hearing di- you know, from different sources that this occurred and NASA had not put out anything official yet. I think it was... There were some random blogs that were even putting out. I think the talk of Titusville was one of the first people to report it yesterday. But a few of us were trying to get confirmation. And you know the story checked out, obviously. Yeah, the reaction from NASA uh, and how they're handling the facility is different from Ames and and everywhere else in the country that had to deal with an outbreak.
1: Yeah, so we're really gonna have to see what KSE does with this. Stage four, you know, at Kennedy, what would stage four mean? If the Kennedy Space Center itself goes down into lockdown, How much might that affect SpaceX's ability to continue processing missions at 39A, where that horizontal integration facility is also used to store some of the Falcon 9 rockets that are flight ready before they make the trip down the beach to their pad 40 at the Cape Canaveral Air Force Station. We have a teleconference tomorrow morning, 9 or 9.30 a.m. with the 45th Space Wing at the Cape Canaveral Air Force Station about what they are going to do and how they are going to proceed forward. That will obviously inform exactly how media events are structured for the Atlas launch. I already know they are letting us caravan into the pad in our own cars. And they're telling us very specifically, do not get out of your vehicle when you arrive at the meet location. And they are also limiting the number of personnel and media that they will allow on base to allow us to still maintain social distancing and, and, and stuff like that. That could all change tomorrow. We don't know yet. I mean, it is very... Interesting because the Stennis Space Center in Mississippi, the Michoud Assembly Facility in Louisiana, the Marshall Space Flight Center in Huntsville, Alabama, have all gone to stage four because of confirmed COVID cases. This has essentially stopped all hardware, hands-on work with the SLS rocket and with Orion as well. Although Orion is being transported back to the Kennedy Space Center now, and it, it successfully completed its, its thermal uh, vacuum testing in Plum Brook in Ohio. is being flown back how starliner operations are affected by this in terms of the hands-on work how much the software teams can continue to work is unknown what what is known it's a little bit of a bright spot in all of this but what is known is that as of right now demo 2 for spacex is not affected because crewing the international space station is a very mandatory and necessary thing crew launches are continuing. Russia has one coming up on the 9th of April with three new crew members up to the International Space Station. They have made it very clear that they are routinely testing the astronauts that will fly the mission, all the personnel who come into contact with them that they are already in quarantine and undergoing those strict procedures and everything to ensure that they are not sick or infected when they launch to the International Space Station. Likewise, Demo 2 would likely be categorized as something that that cannot wait, that, that simply must proceed forward from an International Space Station crew perspective.
0: And one of the signs of that was this past week, NASA announced that they will be doing media accreditation for the first Crew Dragon launch, which is still scheduled for sometime between mid to end of May, that's according to NASA. And on a, on another note, when we do credentials, when the media does credentials with Kennedy Space Center, and and this is the website is public and everything, and everything you fill out is public, it takes us a long time to hear back about verification and then approval, it usually takes weeks. And we usually don't hear it until a couple of weeks before the mission. Now, a few of us, and I think everyone, you know, all the the space reporters, the usuals who apply, we all got verified and approved immediately for this mission, which is very odd.
1: Very much so. You know, I think part of that you could say is, is the fact that they're teleworking. Right. Right. And, and a lot of the other stuff that has shut down kind of frees up sometime. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, definitely unusual to get approved that quickly, but also assigned to potentially how many people they think are going to a credit for this mission or mm-hmm. how many people they were planning to have a credit for this mission. Of course, all of that might change. The release for accreditation was very notable in that it included a line that, of course, our ability to be on Kennedy property and press site property was contingent upon where the center was and where the nation was with its fight against the coronavirus outbreak. So there, there is that. You know, We also wanted to talk a little bit about the effect that this was having on, on SpaceX. Right. It's not just a question of what Happens if Kennedy goes to stage four, and and how do they still do they still get access? You know how all that would work is just unknown to the general public right now. You know NASA spaceflight Michael Baylor reported earlier this morning on Monday morning that we were beginning to hear that the SOCOM One B mission, which was scheduled to launch seven days from now on the thirtieth of March, the first polar launch from Florida. Since 1960, we are now hearing that that has been delayed indefinitely because the, some of the people who are needed from Argentina, it's an Argentinian satellite, and some of the people who are needed for that can't travel here. So the mission right. has basically been delayed, is, is what we were reporting. So there is that effect, although the others are proceeding on on track right now. The two upcoming Starlinks that you mentioned, they also have a major launch for the U.S. military. In,
0: is that uh, the GPS America. launch?
1: Yes, it is at the end of April. Yeah, Yeah. and then Demo 2 for NASA and Commercial Crew.
0: So Chris, are we potentially looking at, I think, is there one more squeeze in there? Because I know, so we're potentially looking at, after this Atlas this week, we're looking at Starlink 7, Starlink 8, GPS. And then do Hmm. we think there's one more Starlink in between there or they'll go right into crew after GPS?
1: So one thing to note is that the Starlink schedule is always very fluid. SpaceX has been very clear that they will move the Starlink missions around since they're internal missions so that they do not interfere with customer missions. So I would hesitate to say beyond 7 and 8, how well the schedule is actually known, because it depends on when 7 and 8 will launch. You know, Elon talked about the Merlin engine issue that was faced on the last... SpaceX mission that launched. But, you know, there is obviously an investigation going on into that. So, how that might affect the Starlinks going forward is kind of unknown right now. So, I think it's a little hard to say with certainty whether there'll be two or three Starlinks in there before demo two launches.
0: Okay. Well, keep an eye on it, and we'll update everyone next week. Chris, thank you so much for calling in today, and please keep following us on Twitter. Chris, draw out your Twitter handle so people know where to find you during the week for some of these updates.
1: Yeah, I am at ChrisG underscore NSF on Twitter, and uh, you can follow me for space stuff as well as news about COVID-19 and the coronavirus.
0: Right. And I am doing the same thing. I'm using my Twitter account to try to retweet or share the most important updates from this pandemic and, and factual, I, a factual way. Right. And, and, and we're trying to be really careful about which information we share. And also for space news, obviously go to nasaspaceflight.com and supercluster.com and visit our friends, you know, Joey Roulette, Lauren Grush, they're all doing great coverage. Michael Sheets. I know that Marina Corin at the Atlantic is on coronavirus duty. So go read her stuff as well. The space folks are still doing stuff. We're trying to find a balance in our personal lives and in our careers with how we approach our, our space work it's obviously throwing everything into a blender so we appreciate you taking the time to listen to our show today and you know hang out with us and and me and chris and uh, hopefully we'll get back to some uh, semblance of normalcy soon but until then stay inside keep washing your hands and be nice to the people around you and thank you for joining us